Hi and welcome to this 50th episode of the Values Workshop. It's a great joy to have you, Hamsini, surely because you were one of the first people that I spoke to in the first four or five episodes and you kind of spoke the things in my mind even before I knew them. So it is a very uh, joyful affair to have you as my uh, guest on this uh, Golden Jubilee episode. Um, before we begin, uh, would you want to introduce uh, yourself to the audience, please? Uh, thanks, uh, Bunty. I can't call you Surinder, I think. I've always known you as Bunty. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to say that uh, it is an honor to be part of your Golden Jubilee uh, episode. And I was very delighted when you had approached me with your idea and I thought it was a wonderful idea and something very relevant to today's context. Yeah. Where I think mostly people are looking for peers or people like them to discuss and learn from and exchange ideas. I think more people now want dialogue and to learn from fellow peers. Uh, there is less, at least in our kind of professional social class, I think there is less appetite for what is classically known as gyan from an authority figure. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, uh, so I think you're doing a wonderful service and I'm so delighted on honored to be part of it. Yeah. To introduce myself, uh, I'm Hamsini, I'm married, I'm 56 years old. I've uh, done an MBA in, from IIM Bangalore, studied business and commerce, and then worked in consumer insights, research, advertising, branding. Now I do something called semiotics, which is a more formal study of signs, symbols, narratives, for how meaning is made and how meaning is constructed. And so to that extent, it actually has a lot of uh, connection with Buddhism. In fact, oh. I think I, I began to understand Buddhist ideas more deeply after I learned semiotics formally. Okay. So, yeah. And for the audience, Bundy and I go back a long way to our days in JWT. And I think we share a common interest in Buddhism yeah. and People. Buddhist teachings. Yes. Uh, it's fantastic that the words that you're using are also running in my mind in different ways, including how you perceive yourself, uh, as well as how you uh, spoke about the initiative I'm doing. Because today's topic, I have uh, often wondered when I get you uh, as a guest, what is the topic that I'll be able to uh, crack the Hamsini code and make her surprised? Okay, this is what we are doing. Uh, so I hope uh, this one stands the test of time. Uh, of late, um, the topics that I get in my head need, need not necessarily have words that fall in place. And I actually put them later as names because the topics are more uh, are much more deeper than I would be able to uh, coin a phrase for them. So I'll give you a bit of context before I tell you what I have decided to name it. Uh, I was thinking that there are a few words that are that are no longer part of local lingo as much as they were when we were growing up. So words uh, that one thought about uh, were sacrifice, renunciation, 
uh, how much is enough kind of thought process and uh, from there while thinking a little deeper uh, when we last spoke and you asked me whether i had the topic this was where i stood but i just didn't know what i wanted to do so i have after a bit of consultation with a few friends i have decided to call it is sacrifice outdated as a concept is sacrifice outdated so uh, also i'll put myself out there and i will not give you a context initially which i generally do so how do you look at this topic and what are your thoughts on it initial thoughts i think among the urban educated professional uh, and middle class who have benefited heavily from or benefited a lot from post 1991 liberalization and who live in a consumerist world view mm. uh, sacrifices an outdated concept because they believe that there is plenty and you know we should everything is available choice is available it's up to you finally the only constraint is whether you have the means and the smarts to access the choice so actually die life does not call upon you to make sacrifices at all okay. and therefore Kinds of things that the farmers protesting outside Delhi, Singhu border, especially the Sikh farmers, and their narrative, what they spoke about, etc. And among them, because the Sikh tradition is where runs very deep, so the stories and narratives of the gurus, how they sacrificed for the people, you know, all of that is still very alive. it's part of people's lived reality because those stories and narratives have been passed down they are narrated over and over again people know them they know them deeply and they feel them those stories so there the narrative of sacrifice or giving up something that is important for you for a greater cause for the greater good uh fighting for what you believe in and believe is rightfully yours and if that fight calls for the ultimate sacrifice which is your life and where you then become a martyr for the cause so these ideas are very much cherished and held to be still very important and very relevant but then urban milieu a metro city you know urban affluent educated middle class where children have grown up in abundance they have been indulged by parents they have not ever been called upon to give up on something now they may not always get exactly what they want when they go out and compete in the real world especially from a job or a career point of view or maybe you met the girl you fell in love with the girl but she didn't want you or vice versa or maybe there you know those sort of family background issues came up 
and you gave up on it and moved on but even then in the urban ethos the teaching and the messaging among the young people at least is move on you know so resilience is priced move on is priced and move on is considered the way to be so okay this girl didn't work out move on there are other girls this job didn't work out move on there are other jobs maybe there's something else that is meant for you so therefore it is an inherently uh you could say positivity oriented narrative in that sense but in within that construct sacrifice doesn't have any place at all hmm so my because sacrifice assumes that there's a permanency to the what you don't get or what you cannot have so therefore you have to sacrifice you have to give it up once and for all and that act of sacrifice is in for example in that farmers and in that whatever that is considered to be something great something noble something that reveals a finer character or a more enlightened human being is the one who can actually sacrifice and live with the consequence or live through the consequences of that sacrifice you know hmm. so it comes from a very different understanding of the world call it world view where sacrifice is actually celebrated or you know uh, regarded as something to be admired yeah you know as a great and noble act but among urban middle class nobody will consider sacrifice as a noble act they think sacrifice means is a bit of a loser okay uh this is this is very interesting what you spoke of uh, uh at one on one hand it is quite an umbrella thing to be speaking about but you also talked about the mindset that uh causes us to be against the concept of sacrifice mm. uh, and you also started with the idea of buddhism so one of the uh, understandings that i seem to have of dana uh, mm. in in the buddhist tradition is the sense of i am giving away a part of what i have to learn mm. to be a little more selfless of sorts so in a way i am doing it for my own benefit it's not that i am just benefiting the other person so my uh, question to you one uh, okay i'll come down to a very small example that was running in my head i do not know whether that qualifies as sacrifice but it is a very interesting concept which no longer happens so when we were very very young as in i must be 8 10 years old till then it was quite all right to go to your neighbor's house and ask for something that was missing at your place so sugar khatam ho gaya aur namak chahiye kuch aisa chota mota cheez were weren't seen as big deals to be going and borrowing from your neighbor but uh, as we grew i think when i reached my 20s then there were jokes about it that this guy keeps on coming to borrow he is not a good guy or he is a Uh, his parasitical uh, was the underlying mm-hmm. thing and he is not how can he do then then from middle class i think 1991 onwards 
he started looking down saying that he is not well enough he doesn't do well enough in his work but looking at it from inside out why would i hesitate to go and borrow a bowl of sugar if sugar is over at my place what is it is really not a big deal materially so what is it that uh, i i am afraid of going and knocking and and we we are with each other it's not that we hate each other but just this concept itself makes us feel lesser so why is this sense of uh, we are we don't find ourselves capable to go out and do this i think when you are more middle class or lower middle class or everybody has a little less then it is part of your way of life that you have mutual dependency and nobody judges the other because everybody is sailing in the same boat right so everybody understands that the a certain degree of lack is inevitable and that lack can be in small things because you forgot or lack can be in bigger things because you don't have you genuinely don't yeah. have so you are in the end of the month you run out of money it's a common occurrence to everybody so therefore if you borrow from somebody to tide over your last four days uh, when you are really out of money then tomorrow he you may take from him tomorrow he may take from you so it is like a you know karma pool that circulates like that this is also a kind of sharing borrowing lending giving taking you can put different terms to it but that is a that is a practice and nobody is judged if you if you keep within certain accepted limits of it nobody is judged it is just the way it is right and everybody understands and empathizes with each other because they have lived through that themselves that feeling of not having money in the bank or that feeling of how whatever of running out of something you know and then last minute something you know those sort of things so therefore it doesn't call for judgment but when you become much more affluent and educated as a combination you are a expected to be much better planned and organized so you don't run out of things like that okay. and then okay. secondly you have the means so what can be that you you run out of sugar or dahi or whatever it is and now to even more so you have apps you have milk basket you can order in the middle of the night at 11 pm you realize oh oh doodh nahi hai dahi nahi hai kuch nahi hai i have run out of something i need it app you know phone uthao app mein dalo aur kal subah aa jayega so neighbor ke door knock karke wahan se dahi lene ka kya zaruri hi nahi hai sab kuch available shops yeah sab kuch is available in the shops the ultimate convenience is available in terms of apps delivery danzo swiggy whatever you want you order it will be delivered at your doorstep so where is the need for you to go and knock on your neighbor's door and ask for things okay um... so if you do 
then what you are afraid of is judgment around are you so disorganized are you so unplanned uh, or what otherwise how can your life be so chaotic and such a mess that you don't even have basics together in your with you 